Welcome to the Reclaimed Podcast. We are so excited. We have our first guest today. We are with Corey Ruth, who is at the Women's Dietitian on Instagram. Hi, Corey. Hello. Good to see you. I'm so happy to be here. So excited to have you with us today. Um, We start every podcast episode with something that we call the GPA, um, which is our greatest piece of advice for the week. Um, So I just wanted to see if you maybe have anything on your heart that you want to kind of give our listeners this morning. Absolutely. So um, I heard this when was it a few weeks ago? And it totally resonated with me because I run these PCOS programs and oftentimes every single time I run one, I always get women in their group trying to do everything perfectly. They try to hit their exact macro goal Mm -hmm. every day, their calorie goal. They try to work out every day. And so the, the piece of advice that I, that I heard recently that I think is so wonderful is aim for the B grade. Wow. So it's, and I always say progress, not perfection. And it's so helpful to think of it that way because none of us are going to get A pluses every day in our diet, you know, nutrition, exercise, stress management, whatever life. So I like the aim for the B grade because it kind of, it, you know, it, it makes everything more realistic yeah. and approachable and sustainable. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to think about myself and I think it's been really helpful in my groups too. That's so awesome. Yeah. I feel like it's so hard as like women with PCOS, we want to have like perfection right away, especially just because like, it's so not linear progress with this, like hormonal illness is so hard to combat. Um, and so, yeah, just shooting for being better than you were yesterday and just trying your best to strive for those goals. Um, I feel like that ends up getting us to our goal, but it's hard to not stay on the perfection. So I know, I know. So true. I love that. Um, Mine's kind of like similar just to the, like to the, um, idea that like we as women like take so much pride in like our appearance and like so much pride in like what we look like a common side effect of PCOS is, you know, weight gain. Um, and that was something that was really hard for me to combat. Um, so this comes from Becca Tiley, who was one of the girls on the bachelorette. Um, but it was just this idea that like, um, she was kind of recalling back to, um, a question that a woman had asked her, like, how do you feel confident in your body as you're growing and maturing and it's changing and your hormones are out of whack? Um, she basically just says, I had a moment the other day that really changed my perspective on how I view my physical appearance. I was thinking no one has ever impacted me by being beautiful or having a perfect body. It might get my attention, but it's never been the reason I've remembered them. I'm impacted by people for their kindness, their loyalty, their patience, their generosity, and their vulnerability. And I just think that's a great, a great um, thing for us to hold on to as our bodies change with this illness is like, we can really only control the way we treat others. Um, our body is going to manifest itself in so many different ways. Um, and as long as we continue to carry ourselves with like kindness and compassion to others, um, that's, what's going to leave the world, not the look of our bodies. So. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I love that. And that's so important to remember. And it's important, you know, I have a daughter, so definitely something important that I want to teach her and pass on to her. So yeah, that's amazing. amazing. So Corey, I just kind of want to ask a little bit about your story with PCOS. If you've ever had like, um, what brought you to like wanting to get tested for this diagnosis? That's a common question we get is like, how do I know if this is something I have? Like, what are the telling signs? So kind of walk us through how that looked for you. Yeah. So when I was in in high school um, and we were going through the very minimal sex education that we get, um, we talked about a 28 day cycle. You're going to get, you're going to ovulate around day 14 and you're going to get your period around 28 days. And all my friends were like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Well, I have no idea when my period's (laughs) coming. Yeah. And you know, 
even though PCOS is common, not everyone with PCOS struggles with irregular periods. So who knows, maybe my friend, you know, did have PCOS later down the road or whatever. But um, at the time I felt like this freak of nature. I felt like what's wrong with me? Why am I not getting a regular period? What's happening? Um, So, you know, very, very confusing as a young person. And as I got older and I learned a little bit more about women's health and nutrition, and I heard about PCOS and I was like, you know what, that kind of sounds like me. And, um, the weight piece always struggled with it until I really understood my PCOS and, you know, dove into to figuring out what was driving it and how to fix it. Um, so I, the irregular periods was for me, the telltale sign that something was off. And I kind of knew I, I was, I kind of knew I had PCOS. And then I, when I formally got my diagnosis, I was like, okay, kind of saw that coming. Right. Um, but so if, you know, there's different, the thing about PCOS is it can look different on everyone, yeah. right? You know, so some of us deal with irregular period. I'll just go through the diagnostic criteria really fast. So yes, please do first. Okay. So um, you have to meet two out of three of the criteria, meaning, so that's why having an irregular period can be a sign, but not always. So not the second. first- yeah, the first um, diagnostic criteria is irregular periods. And we talk about that. Well, okay, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that maybe you get your period after 28 days, one month, and then after 30, the next. That's normal. Um, that variation is normal. So typically a, a normal regular period is kind of classically defined as getting your period every roughly 21 to 35 days. So if you're getting your period every 85 days, say, and then 70, and then 30 and then 17, that's a really good sign that you have irregular cycles and you're ovulating either irregularly or not at all. So that's the first uh, criteria. The second is um, if you get a pelvic ultrasound done and you have what we call polycystic ovaries, it sounds horrible and, and, you know, monstrous, but it's actually what there's so minuscule. Yes. These are not the same cysts that rupture and cause pain. You know, you hear about women saying, oh, I had a grapefruit sized cyst and it burst when I was in the ER. That's not caused by PCOS. And that's a big misconception with this yes. diagnosis. Yes. yes. Happened so, to me and I mis- misunderstood that. Okay. Yeah. So pain is not a symptom of PCOS. You can certainly have that concurrently, like you've experienced, but PCOS is not driving that. So polycystic ovaries, what those cysts are, and that's why we're all kind of advocating for a name change is they're really just tiny, immature, underdeveloped follicles. And the way that I describe it is they're all competing to ovulate and nobody's winning. Right. So you've got the, what looks like a string of pearls on your ovaries. And so if you've got that, that's another one. And then the last one is either um, symptoms of elevated androgens, which are your male sex hormones. Mm -hmm. And that's like testosterone, DHT, DHEAS, there's all kinds, but um, you can have either symptoms of that, which would look like facial body hair growth or acne or hair loss on the head or weight gain, or you can have that elevated via lab work or blood work. So if you go get blood work done, which I always recommend getting with PCOS, a full hormone panel, yes. you can test your testosterone at the very minimum. You can do others, um, other tests, but that's going to show you if you do have that elevated male sex hormone and that can cause, it can cause your periods to not come. It can cause weight gain, it, you know, all, all kinds of issues. So it's all connected. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's so helpful. Yeah. That's what's so hard is like, Yes. what category do I fall under? You know, it's like right. well, I have acne, but like, I'm not experiencing these things. And it's like, it's just yeah. so hard to like fall under so many, like this umbrella of so many, like, you know, this multitude of symptoms. 
Um, so a lot of our listeners are like struggling with like, when do I know when to get tested? And it's like the full hormonal lipid panel is like so crucial. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for pointing that out for us. Uh, I see that you have your own supplement line, Vita PCOS, which is amazing. So kind of just wanted to hear a little bit about your story and creating that, um, and like kind of some go-to supplements for women that might just be starting on their um, healing journey with PCOS. Totally. Yeah. So I always say, you know, it's funny when I post, um, I post on Instagram, something about, you know, here's how to treat acne or here's how to treat hirsutism, which is facial or body hair growth. Um, and I list out all the dietary and lifestyle changes. And then I put one thing about supplements in there. I swear to God, every time I get 300 comments with questions about the supplement. Okay. So I want to preface this whole discussion with this supplements are, are one piece of the puzzle yes. with PCOS. Okay. So I get a lot of DMS too. Well, I'm taking your blank supplement and I haven't seen any changes. Well, what else are you doing? Yeah. Because supplements are su- entirely supportive and they're great and they can be an essential piece, but they're one yeah. piece. Yeah. So, um, with supplements, uh, one of my, my favorite, mo- probably the, my most popular best-selling supplement on my line is an androgen blocker. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women with PCOS have these elevated androgens, which are the male sex hormones like testosterone. Um, and that androgen blocker is a blend that helps to encourage lower androgen production. So that can help with facial and body hair growth, acne, yeah. hair loss, hair thinning, hair shedding, weight gain, cravings, all these things that can be impacted, um, irregular periods, infertility by elevated androgens. Right. So that's my favorite supplement and it's my top seller and people love it. Yeah. That being said, it's, it's nice to, to pair that with dietary, you know, and stress management and exercise okay. and all those changes. Um, so that's probably one that I would, I would very highly recommend, but, um, you really want to take it if you've had elevated androgens via blood work. So of course there's no harm in taking it if you haven't had that documented, but I always say, you know, get that lab work done just to double check that that's what's driving. That's totally. totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one is my cortisol calmer. So cortisol is our stress hormone and we have done study after study on women with PCOS and right. we tend to have higher levels of cortisol. Mm-hmm. Cortisol. One thing about it is of course, there's a huge mood tie and we see higher rates of anxiety and depression in women with PCOS, but right. also cortisol makes the body want to hold on to weight and not let it go. So we really have to tap into this adrenal and stress management connection with PCOS if we have it. And the cortisol calmer is so excellent for stress reduction, helping with anxiety, irritability, mood swings, and sleep. So I like to recommend taking it at night. It's like a super calming. It's just the best. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also with sleep, when we're not getting enough high quality sleep, we're, maybe we're tossing and turning or getting up a lot in the night, or we're just not sleeping as many hours as we should be. Mm-hmm. It basically shifts the body into burning more carbs than fat, and it can help slow and inhibit weight loss. Yeah. So um, that's a great one to take also, because that we do have a big number one stress component, but also this weight issue with PCOS due to blood sugar issues. Mm, yeah. Which is like a whole thing in and of itself. Too. Yes. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, yes. Kind of shifting more to like the emotional side of PCOS, knowing yes. what you know, now making this a part of your business, what mm. would you want to tell the woman you were when you got diagnosed with PCOS? I don't know how long ago that was, um, but that yes. can just be a daunting thing. And so kind of looking in hindsight, like what would you have wanted to tell yourself? I would tell myself this, I would say, and I'm also somebody too, who's like very, um, 
a worry wart and like anxiety yes. prone. Like oh, I'm just going to be totally transparent. Right there with um, you. Yes. Not so much the depression, the, 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 the depression piece, but the anxiety piece for me. Oh my gosh. So when I hear anything about my health, right? Like when I heard about PCOS, I'm like, oh my gosh, could I have that? It was terrifying. I didn't know what it was. I would tell myself this. I would say, you are actually more in control of this than you think. Yeah. And there's so much, this is not, you know, a fatal diagnosis. This is not, you know, nailing you in the, in the casket coffin. It's, um, it's so, it's so manageable and it's going to take some work, but like anything in life, you know, it takes these, these things take time and they take work and dedication. We can't Amazon prime our, you know, weight loss or fertility journey or our PCOS management, but it's absolutely manageable. And that I think could just have taken away the fear factor for me. And I hope that anyone listening to this, it helps kind of mitigate that a little bit for them. Yeah. That's super similar to my story. I mean, I got diagnosed in January of this year. So my diagnosis, but Mm. literally from the day that I walked out of that doctor's office and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the medical world kind of tells you, it's like, well, like this is like something that's going to change you. Like you're not really going to be able to get pregnant. Like if you're pre-diabetic, you're probably going to develop diabetes. And it just seemed to have like such a like negative, like doctor, my doctor didn't really give me any like, you know, pivot points of like, but you can change this. So I left that appointment feeling so depleted in my energy and my, in my courage and hope that I was like, this is going to change so much for me. Mm -hmm. And then as I kind of started like looking at like how to heal this holistically, I was like, wow, like so much of this is within the control of my own hands. And yes. it's really just how hard I want to work and how hard I want that quote unquote normal life for myself, you know? Um, um, and so like through the help of like platforms like yours, like it's really kind mm-hmm. of shifted my focus on like, wow, yeah. like this is something that I can control. And that's something that we want to pride our listeners on too, is like, Hey, yes. like, you know what you have to do. And like, yes, it's very daunting. It, there's a huge task in front of you, but like, yes. if you want to be symptom free, like you can get there. It just takes mm-hmm. work and it takes diligence. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. I, yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. I was just going to say, I'm with you too. Like the depressive um, side of PCOS was never something uh-huh. I struggled with, but uh-huh. the anxiety and just like the constant stress hormones were just like yes. almost overbearingly, like, you know, mm-hmm. affecting me. And it was just so difficult. Um, oh, totally. So, totally. Yeah. And I, I think it's important that you mentioned the the doctor's office piece, because there's such a gap in knowledge when it comes to PCOS. And so many of us are told just lose weight or get on the pill or come back when you want to get pregnant or you'll like, good luck ever getting pregnant. Like I was told that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm healthy kids. I'm like, yeah, I need to put that fear in my heart already. Right. Right. I know. And I think that's a lot, you know, um, doctors can only know so much, right. And they don't know how to prescribe the right diets for PCOS. And that's fine. That's why they need to refer out to registered dietitians like myself who specialize in this condition. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always, and I have lots of doctors who follow me, lots of doctors take my programs. And I love that because there, it shows that they care enough to further, you know, like what they know, what we know about PCOS when it comes to the connection between diet. But I think there's just, you know, doctor by doctor bedside manner can vary and that goes for eating conditions. So I totally sympathize with that. And I, I hope that, um, for those listening, if those have been, you know, if if y'all have been told that in doctor's office, you know, know that you're not alone. And most of us, unfortunately have experienced that with our diagnosis. And there's so much 
more, follow me first of all, because there's so much helpful advice that I put out there that I, I want to spread, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to managing and like kicking this condition's butt, yeah. you know, there's so yeah. much. Yeah. And even like simple things that you post, like your Starbucks swaps, right? It's like, you yes. can still do these things, right? You have to make it conducive to what you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. that was the experience I had with doctors was it's like, it's so easy if you're not educated on what this was. Cause I did my research yes. for going in to oh, walk, away from that impo- walk away from that appointment on the yes. or on metformin. It's so easy to do that. Right. But if you have this idea of like, that's just a bandaid covering a fresh wound. I don't want to do that. Um, it's just so important that these women know what their options are before they're just told, take this medication. So um, true. Absolutely. Doctors are trained to do that, right? They're trained yeah. to do and it's not their they fault. Are. It's just, no. like, we need to yes. know there's other options. So yeah. exactly. That's exactly the stance that I take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for some women that may be struggling with their brand new diagnosis, what are some initial stepping stones that you might recommend that they take? Um, maybe sure. them to some like, kind of like, what do you do when you first get this, get this? Diagnosis? Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming that when they get the diagnosis, I'm assuming they've had lab work. That's not always the case. Yeah. Um, some people are like, oh yeah, I got diagnosed. I'm like, well, what off of what criteria? Like, right. so, um, if you haven't had adequate blood work, get, get your blood work done full hormone panel. I always recommend a full thyroid panel. Mm-hmm. Um, B tw- I, I like to get B12 iron and vitamin D looked at, and also get your blood sugars looked at a one C fasting insulin and glucose, if you can get it. So start there because the more data that you have, the better and knowledge is power always. So start there if you haven't done so already, because you need to understand what's driving your symptoms, right? So if you're like, well, I'm experiencing uh, hair loss and I have PCOS, but your androgens are normal. Your hair loss could be driven by your thyroid. It could be driven by stress, B12 genetics. There's, there's other factors. So it's important to understand you know, get as much data as you can to, to know what's causing the symptoms that you're right. having. Um, and number one, always, always, always start with diet nutrition. There is a huge connection between PCOS and what you're eating, whether or not we like it. So I love it because I'm a dietitian, but yes. I'm a little biased. Um, so if, you know, with, with nutrition and diet, the connection lies with blood sugar. So when our blood sugar um, which is not a sexy topic, but I'm, <laughs> I'm on a quest to make it sexier. Um, when our, <laughs> right. <laughs> when our blood sugar is not as balanced as it could be, should be, yeah. it sends messages down to our ovaries to pump out more androgens, right. testosterone, DHT, all these things make our PCOS symptoms worse. Okay. So that's a connection. Also when our blood sugar is totally off the wall, wacky wonky, it, it's a stressor on the body and it can shift our body into producing more cortisol, which we just talked about the connection between, you know, stress and weight and PCOS symptoms. Mm-hmm. So balancing blood sugar is a whole adventure. And that's, you know, the number one thing that I teach in my PCOS programs is how to do that correctly in a way that doesn't feel daunting. So it's similar to sort of eating for insulin resistance and diabetes, right? We're focusing, we're not eliminating carbs Mm -hmm. because we still need carbs and that's not a way to approach diet forever and ever. Um, But we are limiting them and we're prioritizing protein, fat, and fiber. Mm -hmm. Those three nutrients are very supportive of healthy, stable blood sugar. Um, Carbohydrates are less so, but we still need them. So I also teach clients, you know, and, and program members how to focus on the right carbs and how and when to eat them. So it's important to focus on complex 
fats, carbs. Like if you think about the difference between brown rice and white rice, totally. that would be brown rice because it has that fiber content that helps negate a blood sugar spike. Mm-hmm. Um, also focusing on pairing your carbs. So no naked carbs, right? So instead of just doing a banana, add peanut butter to that. As simple as that sounds, that helps stabilize blood sugar, yes. not going long periods of time without eating. I don't recommend oh, intermittent wow. fasting for women with PCOS, really women in general, but that's another story. <laughs> um, you want to eat regular blood sugar supportive meals and snacks. You can snack. I try to include protein in the snacks. That's what I recommend. So don't skip breakfast. Don't wake up, have coffee, right? Which bumps up our cortisol with no food and then go all the way to lunch and then eat a huge dinner and a dessert and maybe alcohol and go to bed. Okay. That's like the worst, worst thing for your PCOS. Um, so eating regular meals and snacks can be supportive, healthy blood sugar. So always start with diet nutrition. What can I add? How can I tweak my plate, my meals, my recipes, excuse me, recipes, to be PCOS friendly. I have on my Instagram page, I have a whole highlight called recipes and there are a ton of ideas that are very easy and quick. I have two little kids under three. So I, you know, I'm preaching always like make it easy, make it simple. You don't have to become Wolfgang Puck over here. Um, just get it done and make it fun. So there's a lot of ideas on my, on my Instagram, um, for recipes, but start with nutrition. Don't forget about movement also with, you know, with exercise, you don't have to become an Olympic athlete, right? I mean, this is not about pushing yourself to the limits. Um, so it's, and you don't just, there's a huge account that preaches only slow workouts with PCOS. You don't have to just stick to slow workouts. If you like to run, go run, don't run for eight hours, seven days a week, but you can certainly run and you can certainly include, you know, faster, more intense exercises, gluten and dairy, everything in moderation with PCOS. You don't have to avoid any of those things. We don't have the science and the research to back it up. So, um, get some movement in a lot of us have desk jobs or we work virtually online. Now we're sitting at our, you know, guilty. We're sitting at our computers, right? (laughs) So we want to get some movement in and you can do a combination of some cardio, some strength training and what I call restorative workouts. So that's walking, you know, easy, gentle hikes, slow biking, yoga, these are all supportive of your adrenals. Um, and the last thing I'll say, well, on top of supplements, which we've talked about, cause that's an important piece. Um, the last piece is stress management, stress reduction. A lot of us have this adrenal stress issue where our bodies are kind of the best way you can describe it is they're they're They overreact. We're like big drama Queens. We over our bodies overreact to common stressors that other people can say, Oh, our bodies are like, uh Oh, overdrive, overdrive. Yep. So, and that impacts our hormones, our periods, our symptoms, our weight. Yeah. So get a handle on that. And there it's going to be different for everyone. There's no magic yeah. pill for that. Um, cortisol calmer can be helpful, but you know, whatever it is, that's helpful for you. If it's getting outside in nature for me, that's so supportive of healthy okay. adrenals, stress reduction, um, preferably without my toddler and my baby, but <laughs> alone, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, therapy can be so helpful. I feel like everyone can benefit from therapy, even if you're like the healthiest mental oh, yeah. health, you know, whatever champion on the planet. Um, <laughs> so whatever works for you do that and prioritize that because so many of us in our busy lives, we let that slip away. And we, we really have to understand the connection to PCOS and stress. Definitely. I love what you said about how it's like, we don't have to cut these things out, right? Like 
I've no. heard that. And I, I've seen that Instagram account where it's like, you can yes. do anything. And I mean, you can ask all my girlfriends. I told them forever. I'm like, I can't wait lift because it spikes my cortisol levels. And I right. believed it for so long. Right. Um, and understanding that, like, I don't have to like cut and eliminate part of these things that I've done for my right. life out completely. Right. right? Like, it is in moderation. Like I'm not a runner, but if I like get the urge to go run, I shouldn't tell my body, oh, you can't do that because yes, US, right? Exactly. Um, and so I kind of just maybe want to like walk through some myth, common myths that women yeah. hear um, totally. on Instagram. We hear these through podcasts. Um, and I feel like, especially one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on the podcast because you are very educated in this world of saying like, you can still live the life that you had. You just have right. to kind of do it in a balance. Right. So I just right. want to ask your opinion on some of these common things that we've heard. Um, totally. the first one, and you kind of touched on it earlier is there's this idea that in order to treat PCOS, you have to cut out carbohydrates mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, totally. So that's kind of like the, a lot of doctors say, just go keto right in their office when people have, when women present with PCOS. So that, okay. So going, being in true ketosis can actually be helpful for PCOS. That's, that is a fact. And I'm going strictly off. I'm always going back to the research. What does the research demonstrate that is, is correct Mm -hmm. um, and helpful? Yes. If you are in true ketosis, which is really hard to do, by the way, um, less than 20 grams of carbs a day, I think, or even less than that, which is insanely like, wow, what are you eating? Butter cubes? I don't know. Um, that can be helpful, but we also have to consider PCOS is not an infection. It is not something we take a course of antibiotics for like a UTI for five days, take some Cipro. We're good. PCOS is a chronic lifelong condition. So we have to manage it always. It's not like we can work on our PCOS and then it's fixed. Okay. So for me, if I'm working on regulating my cycle, if I stop doing the things that help regulate it, guess what's going to happen? My cycles are going to become crazy again. Or if I don't, for me, there's a big, at my highest body weight, my PCOS is at its worst. That's me personally. So if I go back to that body weight, I can't expect my PCOS symptoms to be the same as they are now. So we have to continuously manage it. So doing these things, cutting out carbohydrates, so hard to do completely cutting out sugar, cutting out gluten, dairy, right? These things are completely unsustainable in the long run. And we have to continuously do these things to manage our PCOS. So why not do something that is actually maintainable? That way you're not hopping on and off the PCOS diet train, right? And then you're frustrated with yourself when you, when you, cause if, if you restrict something that is anything and it's cause we're human beings and that's yeah. their brains work. If yeah. we restrict carbs or sugar, I see all this sugar, you know, sugar-free December, January. If we, um, restrict things, then once we can have them, we binge them. Yeah. That's not a healthy mindset to approach nutrition and just a healthy way to treat our bodies in general. Mm-hmm. I would rather somebody figure out a way to, or learn, not figure out. Cause I teach this, learn how, how to incorporate these things safely uh-huh. and in a way that works for them. Not, we're not going crazy. I'm not recommending eating sugar, gluten, dairy, and alcohol, you know, at every meal and snack, right. but we can totally, and carbs, we can totally have these things though, in a way that's supportive and doesn't make us feel like we're on the crazy train when we're restricting them for so long. Right. Yeah. Well, and then that kind of like subconsciously builds up this thing in our mind. Cause like when I first um, received my diagnosis, I immediately heard that like, you have to be out carbs, low carbs, keto, all this stuff. And it's like, yes, I was bombarded with all this information that I didn't know 
you know, some women are like, well, this worked for me, but this didn't work for me. And I was like, well, how do I know it's going to work for me? Like, I have no idea. Right. Um, so understanding that, like when I restricted myself from the things that I love, like mm-hmm. gluten and like bread and cheese, like these things that literally, like I love understanding mm-hmm. that like, oh, I can't have that. Like I can't have that. Cause it's going to affect me. It made me want it so much more. Yes. And then when I was at dinner with family and we got you know, amazing food. I would be like, yes. Oh my gosh. And I would just overeat it because I hadn't had it in so long. Yes. It's just hard because these women hear these things and are like programmed to be like, well, I cannot have that because it's going yes. to like set me back. Right. And it's like, totally, you know, that's why, again, I wanted to invite you on here is because you offer ways for women to learn this through your programs. And like, yes, you, yes, it's a lifestyle change. Having this chronic condition is sure. that's going to change the way you live, but it yeah. doesn't have to change your, like your, the way you indulge, right? It doesn't have to be yes. the way that you um, enjoy certain foods and certain. Yes, foods. Um, totally. So, Great so way to put that. it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I think the number one thing I hear like from pregnant women is I miss, I miss sushi. I miss, you know, like, and what do they crave? They crave sushi because yeah. they're told they can't have it. They crave um, sandwiches with lunch meat because they're told they can't have it. They crave wine, whatever it is, you know? So it's, that's just the way our brains work. So don't approach PCOS like that. Anyone listening, because it's never going to work in the long run. And yeah. we have to have to keep a, you know, the upper hand on this beast forever. So yes. do it, do it in a way that's fun. Yes. We, yeah. and it's, it's, it's fun. We can make it fun. We can make it fun. Um, so you just <laughs> mentioned this kind of the last thing I want you to touch on just because, mm-hmm. um, getting pregnant with PCOS, it's something told, yeah. that we're told is very hard to do. A lot of yes. people they're going to have to spend thousands of dollars on IVF. Um, right. you have a program called get pregnant with PCOS. And mm-hmm. I kind of just want you to talk a little bit about how much, especially as a mother yourself, you know, I'm a 21 year old girl who has hopes of being a mother one day. Yeah. And I told you, I was told it might not happen. And that's a very scary thing to be told. Oh, it's totally. Um, so just kind totally. of walk us through a little bit about what that program looks like. Um, and maybe some, like, if you have any fun testimonials you want to share about women that you've helped. Um, get totally. Pregnant. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, a lot of us are told that. And like I said, myself included, that's, um, very much BS, right? <laughs> um, PCOS is the leading cause of infertility. Okay. And the reason why is because women with PCOS, a lot of us ovulate irregularly or not at all. So that's why. Okay. So, because we need to ovulate in order to get pregnant outside of a medical setting. So if we can get ovulation happening, which is very much possible through dietary and lifestyle interventions, which is what I teach we can get ovulation happening. And as long as you time intercourse barring, there are no male fertility issues, right? Um, then we can make a pregnancy happen and we can, we can do that. So it's an amazing connection between, you know, diet and PCOS and fertility, because like we talked about that blood sugar connection between ovulation. So because higher androgens, higher stress and cortisol can all make fertility harder slash impossible for some. So it's that dietary connection that we can establish that can re um, basically reconnect the brain and the ovaries and make all that, all the hormones happy enough to pulsate at the right time and the right amount. And we can affect that change, um, through something like my program. So that's where, you know, it's so successful because it's, it's harder. Like if you have a condition, um, like, uh, and I can't even think off the top of my head, but where nutrition isn't so much linked to it, Mm -hmm. it might be harder, but with PCOS, it's so connected. And so that's where I kind of became, you know, when I first started my practice, I thought 
I don't want to, I don't want to specialize in PCOS. It's too complex. I don't want to touch that with a 30 foot pole. And then here I am because I understood, wow, you know what? I'm a dietitian and there's such a big connection between diet and PCOS. I'm actually kind of the perfect person and I have PCOS too. Right. So, um, so yeah, so in that program, you, you really learn the strategies and the tools that you need to get ovulation happening again. So of course, you know, there, there might be other issues. You might have a structural issue, a fallopian tube, you know, missing, I don't, whatever. There's other issues or, you know, maybe you're in your early forties and there's an egg quality egg reserve issue there. Mm -hmm. But generally, if you have PCOS barring no other issues, we can get you pregnant if we get you ovulating again. Ah. So it's a truly amazing um, program. And I started it, actually, I started it in 2019 when I was on maternity leave. I was trying to figure out how to supplement because when you work for yourself, you know, you don't get any paid leave. So I was like, totally. what can I do? So I started this program and it has been, it's kind of my first baby. It's been so successful. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of babies from this program. That's and I run it great. several times a year. And I am probably going to be shifting towards like a subscription membership model in the future. Yeah. Um, so definitely look out for that, but yeah, it's, it's an amazing program. It's so helpful. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love what you said. It's like PCOS is kind of seen as just like, oh, it's hormones, but it's like, it is so much more like the female body is so freaking cool. Like the ability that it has. And if you properly nourish it and like properly treat it, like you can get your body working again. Um, mm-hmm, and it's just, mm-hmm. I think that's, what's so cool. And, um, earlier you also mentioned that it's so hard, like with the lives we live, whether you're working like a corporate job or like, for example, I'm in my senior year of college and I'm like yes. double majoring and like my health was so something that was pushed to the backseat. Oh, yeah. And I've been there. once I got this diagnosis, mm-hmm. it was like, wow, like this affects everything. Like I was yes. feeling disgusting in my clothes. Like I was not sleeping well. And it really mm-hmm. pushed me to be like, okay, Ashley, like prioritize your health and everything yes. around you will fall into place. Right. Um, yes. and so like, not that PCOS is like a great thing to happen to me, but in a sense, it's created such, um, a priority mm-hmm. for like my mental health, my physical health. Um, right. and this can just really be a call for women to like, start to make the lifestyle changes that they've needed to. Um, totally. And so yes. yeah, you probably experienced the same thing and having to, oh, yeah. kids, I'm sure it's just such a blessing to be able to say like, wow, I took this into my own hands. Yes. I the course of my life. And it was honestly a fun process doing it. I know. I know exactly. It, it is, you know, it, it really is. And I feel the same. If I hadn't have had this diagnosis, I probably wouldn't have stepped into this role and been able to create this great business and great, you know, supportive community for women with PCOS. So it is a blessing in disguise for sure. Oh, awesome. And it brought us together yeah. today. So thank you I know. so much Yay. again. Thank yes. you so much for um, being on the podcast today. We just yeah. loved having you. Um, and yeah, guys, please follow Corey um, on at the women's dietitian on Instagram. Yes. Um, you just have the most amazing resources. Um, and if you feel led also in, um, enrolling in one of her programs would be such an amazing start too. So, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. They're all under 400 bucks. So I feel like it's a, it's an excellent deal considering so much more affordable than my God. IVF costs what, like 30,000 around. 30, I don't know. Yeah. Craziness. So crazy. yes. Well, thank yes. you so much for your time today. So great meeting. Absolutely. You. Yes. Uh, thanks for having yeah, me. Of course. We'll talk soon. Okay.